0: Welcome to the Intercut Podcast Channel, the weekly place where we talk about the latest in movies, TV, and entertainment that you can't cut away from. I am your co host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, still practicing the dance moves from Natu Natu, it's Arturo Zurita. Uh, that's a workout right there. You do the
1: Natu Natu thing, all the sitting you did for all the <laughs> movies we watched at South By, boom, all the brisket burned out just by doing exactly. one of those dances.
0: Yeah, you just got to do that for like 30 minutes a day and you can eat as much Texas barbecue as your heart desires. Um, yeah, the Natu Natu X workout. I still feel like I'm working out some of the uh, the, the brisket and, and uh, various, oh my God, uh, sausage and, You'll and be beef ribs out. and... Oh, such good stuff. It's all still seeping through my pores. (laughs) Uh, But I I can't complain. We ate well in Texas. We watched good movies in Texas. And we also watched the 2023 Academy Awards. I think it's the first time that we've watched the Oscars together. Together? So that was kind of fun, too. We've always been uh, on on the virtual
1: stage or going going back to it. But we had the Cheers Theater this time around. Exactly. Uh, We had Amanda with us. uh, We had our... Our Partners with us, we had Murjani with us as well, and we had a little party. Yeah, uh, we had ordered pizza. Shots from, Marjani. I believe it was, um, who'd you say? You said Elijah Wood had recommended it. We see, we saw all of the uh, volunteers. <laughs> yeah, they had this like this special pie Via from 313, over there. was it? Yeah, let's keep it to the brisket <laughs> down there. Yeah. The pie was okay.
0: I mean, I didn't travel to Texas to eat pizza, if we're being quite honest. So uh, not my favorite meal we had there, but we did have plenty of good meals. Uh, Also, some uh, salted cashew blondies that I was pretty proud of. I I Mm -hmm. got to whip up on our first week there. So we ate well in Texas and uh, watched a lot of good stuff. Also, got to talk about the Oscars, right? We're a little bit uh, behind, but we still have some lingering questions, things on our mind. About a pretty interesting evening culminating this year's award season. Uh, there's lots of interesting storylines that were going into this year's Oscars, but lots of stuff to talk about now as well. Uh, Let's start with the broadcast first and foremost because this year's broadcast brought things back to basics with one host, with all the categories being uh, broadcast on the show, old-fashioned clips montages. There weren't a lot of big swings, but there also was not a lot to complain about for this year's show. So, Art, do you think the Oscars should take a listen from this year's broadcast and just keep it simple going forward?
1: I... Very much enjoyed, appreciated, and shout out the fact that they were able to actually make it about the movies. I thought the intro where they were cutting up montages to the films, specifically from the perspective of the production designers, being able to have a lot of the uh you know costumes, editing, uh, all of that uh introduced at the beginning. And then the nominees, when they were introducing like the costumes, they had the setup behind them when they were uh talking about editing. It was really cool to see uh the little intro have someone with like the Moviola and then move on to like avid and premiere. That's what I love watching the Oscars for. I remember the one with uh, Neil Patrick Harris was very, we love movie centric. I I really appreciated that from his ceremony. I thought the ceremony had that as well. And then interspliced the idea of, yo, we know a lot of people watched last year and we're really going to over remind you what happened last year. So yes, stick to the loving movies portion of it. Um, I think they were really hyped up off of, uh, you know, all the viewership they were going to get from, you know, the moment that was last year though.
0: Yeah, I think they definitely were cognizant of the fact that to- a lot of people were at least thinking about the slap, if not tuning in specifically to see some kind of recreation of it. And yeah, I, I'll agree with you. They definitely were a bit hyper focused on it, particularly, you know, like we, we'd we already heard Chris Rock give his take on it the week before the Oscars. I, I feel like there's a limited amount of ground you can cover one Slap joke would have sufficed. Two maybe would have been okay. Five Every or six was pushing commercial it. commercial break? <laughs> you <gotta> show, <laughs>
1: definitely
0: you too got a show, bro. You a late much. night show. Go yeah. do it over there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There definitely could have spread... Uh, spread the humor out a little bit more, but I'm with you. I think that they did a lot of the things that I hope for from a Oscar ceremony in honoring the different categories and giving you a bit of behind the scenes. Like I really love that moment when they were presenting best editing, where they had the one uh, woman sitting behind her with like the old reel to reel editing system. And then another person sitting there with premiere, right? Like it's, it's showing you the craft that goes into all this and also not taking like too much time. I thought it was interesting that this year they doubled up the presenters for a lot of the categories so that they would give one award, take a couple steps back, and then just step forward and give the next award right out. Kept things moving. I feel like we waste a lot of time in just like waiting for people to get to the stage to introduce the thing that we actually want to see them Uh, give out and and even when it came to the way that they introduced the different best picture nominees because they always do a little bit of like a like a shout out of a feature of what the films that were nominated for best picture get and they did it coming back from commercial rather than bringing somebody out and having them give a minute-long spiel. Like, it just sort of kept things moving and kept the focus on the nominees and the clips and and the stuff that people who care about the stuff and want to tune into the Oscars actually care about. So I, I do feel like, in a lot of ways, that the experimentation with the Oscars, like, there are... I, I like to see people try things out but I don't like to see people throw the entire entire formula the, away. I feel like it's a formula for a reason.
1: You think that if uh, what happened last year and all the eyes on it, do you think they would have been going for more crazy stuff? They've tried a lot of experiments in the past of, oh, it's going to end on Chadwick Bozeman, It's going to be this. Mm-hmm. Uh, dumb jets. People coming off from uh, just a bunch of different experiments. If it wasn't yeah. for the catastrophe, if you want to call it, that was last year, would they have settled, like you said uh, simmered down and have it be a little bit more classical? Or would they have so attempted the s-
0: something different? The slap definitely overshadows everything, but it, it's it's easy to forget that last year's ceremony was like not a great Oscar ceremony, uh, a slap aside, right? It was another mm-hmm. one where they struggled for momentum because they were juggling different hosts, didn't really feel like anybody's hands were on the steel it steering wheel guiding the show. So I think there probably would have been a, a return to some kind of normalcy anyway. But when you put on top of that, like an Oscars crisis team situation, th- yeah, they were definitely like, they're very conservative and, and conservative even down to their choice in host, picking somebody who has a lot of experience doing it. Uh, in, in fact, I that brings me to my second question and one that I'm I'm not sure you're gonna be very excited to answer. But I have to ask it, is Jimmy Kimmel the best Oscars host of the past 20 years? Because no. I was going through the names. Let me let me read you the names. In the past 20 years, it's been Jimmy Kimmel three times. No one three times. Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, and Amy Schumer. I like no one. No one was <laughs> Chris. Ro- Chris Rock, Neil Patrick Harris, Ellen DeGeneres, Seth MacFarlane, old Billy Crystal, James Franco and Anne Hathaway, Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin, Hugh Jackman, John Stewart, Ellen DeGeneres, John Stewart, Chris Rock, and again, Billy Crystal. I mean, I'll hear an argument for John Stewart or Chris Rock. I like Chris Rock. I like Billy Crystal.
1: And you had mentioned one more.
0: John Stewart, Ellen DeGeneres, no. Seth MacFarlane?
1: Seth MacFarlane. Rewatch Seth I MacFarlane. I think Seth MacFarlane's
0: underrated. Yeah.
1: It is very underrated. And I think two years ago when we had the nobody, uh, people went back and were like, yo, do y'all remember this? It's like, Yes. Sometimes it takes a little bit for people to like mm-hmm. back off from what he was saying, because I know he had a bunch of sketches that people were like, wow, this is ridiculous. How dare you call that out? Uh, and then it turns out to be a pattern that we see for the next decade. So when people go back to it, 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 it he was already telling you uh, mm-hmm. how the Oscars worked. I think he was the closest to a Ricky Gervais that we've had for the Oscars. So yeah, one, I, that, I think actually,
0: one that actually kind of worked in more of a subversive way and didn't feel like when they bring out Hassan Minaj and he doesn't like get the assignment or something right like it uhFar yeah. yeah Seth McFarlane understood the like grandeur of the evening but also was able to like be silly and be a little bit more modern in a sense of humor mm-hmm. I feel like we're in the minority on McFarlane though I feel like a lot of people didn't love his yeah, performance nice. and I like John Stewart Beck? but I like John Stewart but that was over 15 what? years ago at this what point. Year I was believe it was John Stewart when I looked it up. 2001. Right, Jeez, <sighs> 2007. So that Ooh, No country was for he old he men. The there will be blood. No country for old men year. He might have.
1: Yeah. Cuz that, that's memorable Oscars in and of itself, but that's also because of the lineup. If I made right. with Kimmel, It is come on, bro. It's the corporate pick. He's working for ABC. Half the show ends up being ABC stuff, which was another aspect of it, where it's like you're not even cutting to a commercial break. You they Mm -hmm. had Disney ads within the show. I I know other, you know, Peacock does it for their stuff, but like he's the corporate uh, pick, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, there is that like integration. I do think that Kimmel is like a pretty adept host of these things. Like he's able to, he's able to react in the moment. You know, yeah, but he, but he's also, like, a genuine comedian, right? Like, he's not somebody who needs to have all this stuff scripted for him. When something sure, interesting happens in the show, he can react to it in, like, a fun way. And I think those are th- some things that are important for an Oscars host. It doesn't make him better than Jon Stewart, better than Chris Rock, necessarily. Uh, but, like, it makes him definitely better than no one, in my opinion, at the very and least. i take him
1: over a Fallon. I agree with that. Yes. Over a Fallon yes. who'd just be laughing at the mistake or something like that. But... In the stuff that we praised in this show, all the uh, added extras that they had and the love for movies, I don't think that comes from Kimmel. When I see someone like, uh, who did we just say uh, from How I Met Your Mother?
0: What's his name? Oh, uh, Neil who Patrick Harris. When
1: he did that and he was talking about how much I love movies, I believed it came from him. When Jimmy Kimmel hosts and they do a segment honoring movies and then comes to him and be like, Babylon bombed. I can't believe everyone's here. So it's like... <laughs> I I don't believe that those edits come from him. Where it was more integrated when you had a host who you could truly see cares about it. So that's that's my only difference that. between it.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, he's certainly not the worst that we could get, but like in in getting back good to enough. basics, he go- good the enough. That's the right? part and for the I, Oscars. Look, they're good enough host. Hey, high as a bike was a really solid joke. That was funny and uh, funny on a couple different levels too.
1: Which one was that one?
0: Uh, when he was talking about Seth Rogen getting Steven Spielberg high and said that Steven Spielberg's been high as a bike.
1: Yeah, that's raw because of the Amble logo. <laughs> that's the funniest, yeah, funniest, that's funniest line of his intro. <laughs> um,
0: what, uh, what else is there? Oh, I wanted to bring up, since you brought it up, the whole bit about ABC buying an ad for The Little Mermaid. So supposedly, the Academy opened up several slots, and I think it was like a seven or $8 million ad buy. Matt Baloney on the Puck is the one who uncovered this, so shouts to the source for that. Um, and they offered it up to all the studios. The only studios who bit were ABC or Disney buying ads money from themselves to get their Little Mermaid ad out there. And then Warner Brothers, that whole like ode to a 100 years of Warner Brothers uh, movies, that was that same $7 million block ad buy. So I don't know why more of the studios didn't like jump on that. I don't know why Warner Brothers didn't use that to like promote their movies or something. I don't know why uh, Universal didn't drop a big Oppenheimer ad in the middle of the Oscars. That would have been dope. But that's at least the the story behind that one, If it is, even if so it is a uh, big bummer.
1: It's not Super Bowl views, though, so I don't really get it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I get it. You want want your movie ad during the place for movies, but honestly, we ended up seeing more streaming ads than everything else for TV shows. I wrote that down. There was way more for that than actual films during a film night, so.
0: All right, so the big Oscar winner of the night was, of course, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which took home seven Oscar wins for Best Picture, for Best Directing, for uh, for best screenplay, for best actress, for supporting actor, supporting actress, as well as best film editing on top of all of that. Art, in a different section of the multiverse where films are limited to only one Oscars win per year, what category would you have liked to see go to everything everywhere? If it could only win one. Writing. You think that's the place where it excelled at least to you?
1: Yeah, I think what a lot of people connect to with the story and they want other people to see, they go into it and they see all of this crazy zaniness, all this visual vomit, if you may, that's being thrown at people's faces. And you see a lot of people who just tune out. But there is a story there and a lot of people who give it, it's a long movie too, who give it the two hours and change to sit and watch it end up coming out understanding that story. I think on paper... It reads way more better. I think a a, a lot of people can connect to it, no problem. Mm Because I don't think anyone denies the heart of the movie. They just don't want to sit through all of the butt plugs. So, yeah, I think screenwriting was easily one of the things that uh, most people uh, can agree. Maybe not the editing. There's obviously been Mm -hmm. very divisive on the acting categories. But easily, I think, it's been the one place that the uh, Oscars, while playing it safe, have been... uh, pretty reassured of honoring genre movies when it comes to writing from Get Out to Shape of Water one too, right? Um, yeah. and, and several of other, uh, Promising Young Woman being a thriller. So I think that that's mm. where it would have, I had no problem winning that category. Uh, and yeah. I think it was the strongest category for it to win. It was also the first one, right? That the Daniels ended up collecting an award for. So it was yeah, their the first, first of their of the three
0: that night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, that feels like the category that in a more traditional Oscars year, that's the only one it would have won, right? Like it would have been blank, you, blanked blanked by we the other category. Because mm-hmm. usually, or at least in the past, not so much in the past couple of years. I personally, I feel like, but in the past, it used to be where like the movie that was too cool for the Oscars would get its Oscar, and, and now yeah. those movies are getting those big nominations. but... but getting potentially seven Oscar wins. Will they continue
1: to? Because that was one thing we had mentioned. We see a precursor for where they have Mm -hmm. honored genre movies for writing, but we talked about them winning Best Director, and you're like, this may be the only time that happens. So is it really a change in the directing and the best picture, or are they just going to default back now that we get back to normal? Okay, just just reserve it for the writing.
0: Yeah. Uh, That was another one of my questions, actually. How many Oscars do you think Daniel's next movie will get nominated for? The blank. It has nothing to do with them. This movie well, is
1: not crazier than Swiss Army Man. A farting yeah. corpse and butt plug fight scenes? There's no difference, in my opinion, between the two. It just hit at the right. right time for the right voters. And I just, yeah, I it's not that I'm calling it a fluke. I'm just saying they've never honored movies like this in the past. And I don't think they're going to go back to honoring movies like this in a while.
0: Right. I mean, well, there's two ways to look at it, right? Like, the, if you look at what the Daniels have done and their style, that's this, like, maximalist, hyper-stylistic, very silly kind of fratty humor, that stuff does not typically belong at the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to go out and make a feature-length version of the Turn Down for What music video or something like that, absolutely nothing. I agree with you. Zero. There is the chance that after spending the past year talking about the importance of family and connection and heart and seeing how people have really responded to all those elements and everything everywhere all at once, that that's going to be something they focus a little bit more on on their future movies. And and maybe sure. they lean a little bit more towards the Academy. I'd like to think that's not who they are because I think they're nah. hyper-creative people who chase their own uh, fancy, whatever that might be. And they're going to follow their inspiration, not necessarily follow the positive feedback loop. So I, I, I'm I, going to go a little more optimistic than you. I think they'll get one or two nominations for that next movie. Maybe it'll be like a costume production design thing. Maybe it'll just be writing like we think a different version of Everything Everywhere All at Once might have gotten. Um, yeah, and but that doesn't absolutely change. not the juggernaut that Everything Everywhere was. Yeah,
1: that their next movie... Their next movie might be better than this movie. I think their directing is going to get better because it has in every film that they've done. That has nothing to do with how I feel about the boys. It's how I feel about yeah. the Oscars treating Absolutely. the boys. That's yeah. it. I, I I feel like the Oscars saw it as the most trendy thing, so they over-awarded it. I don't believe in any other year. If this movie came out two years ago, if this movie came out when Swiss Army Man came out, they would have treated it like Swiss Army Man.
0: Yeah, if this was their debut and they hadn't already kind of maybe established themselves or they also happened to luck into a couple I mean, maybe luck is the wrong way to put it but it, it's become the center of all this heartwarming uh you know kind of storylines whether it's the Michelle Yeoh finally crowning getting her crowning award or Kiki Kwan being back from you know the uh, the uh, Hollywood well, they Netherlands. them.
1: or is it going to be that, another
0: that's another question, and we will we Roma. will get to that. I'm going to circle back to my yeah. my last question about the uh, Everything Everywhere, if it could only win one Oscar. I think I might give it to directing, and that's not because I think the Daniels are the best directors in the category. In fact, I do not think that at all. But ultimately, okay. with this movie that is made up of all these very disparate elements that are all really exciting and strong, I think there, there's something about the way they were able to bring them all together, to bring that acting... In with that style of cinematography, with the production design, that that speaks to their ability to command a very a very out there project, but still give it uh, give it direction, give it focus. Um, that speaks to their abilities as directors. So, like, I don't know if if I could only For give it? them one, maybe I would give them directing here but I'd go second uh, editing because of what you described. I think the
1: editing is mm-hmm. where they were able to pull that through for that one. Did they get editing? Uh, Who got editing? They I did forgot. get editing.
0: Yes, they did. Uh, <laughs> and it was only the editor's second movie. You know what his first one was? Swiss Army? Death of Dick Long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything I, I like how Swiss Army, ones... yeah. people went
1: back to Swiss Army and made that go from rotten to fresh, but they didn't touch Dick Long. <laughs>
0: That's where they drew the line. <laughs> exactly. Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once had seven Oscar wins, which tied films like Lawrence of Arabia, The Sting, Out of Africa, Dances with Wolves, Schindler's List, Shakespeare, and Love. It won more Oscars than any film since Gravity in 2013. Just throwing that out there.
1: I like what Pink Sweet said. No nope, will put that get. back up. Anything. So mm-hmm. if y'all don't think that the same thing is going to happen again for these boys, I don't see it. But if it does, that makes me worry more. If it does, because then it's like, like you had mentioned, it is the academy changing to them, which also isn't right. You're just changing to the trend, right. or will they be changing for the academy? So I almost worry more if they come back. I just wanna, I just wanna see them come back and make a movie. The awards run is separate to everything else, but yeah, it wouldn't be the first time that the academy has uh, thanked somebody, honored them, and then just. <laughs> For Peel it's been two. And that one, both of his movies, in my opinion, had several categories that it couldn't uh that it could have won. Forget just nominating. Yeah. I, I think it was worthy of some wins, so
0: yeah, I, I mean and hopefully yeah, exactly. Hopefully they follow that trajectory of Jordan Peel in just sort of getting more ambitious and not necessarily, you know, curtailing their style to suit an Oscar vote.
1: And give the actors jobs. Y'all had narratives for
0: them going in for these wins? Give them right? jobs, because that's the whole point. All right, let's talk a little bit about A24, though, because when they picked up all those awards for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, as well as the award for Best Actor, which went to Brendan Fraser, they became the first studio to uh, win all of the 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 above-the-line Oscars in a single year. No distributor has ever done that before A24. So I got to ask you, based on that... Does this year's Oscars give A24 the title belt for best film distributor in the game?
1: Right now? Absolutely. Right now. What they have coming up this year? Absolutely. Out of Sundance, mm-hmm. they had the best movie. Two best Past movies. lives. For really talking about it. And talk, talk to, to me. me yeah. A movie Picked that I think up. is really going to shake up stuff not to mention, uh,
0: for the horror genre. Not to mention You Hurt My Feelings, another one of my favorite f- films they out of Sundance. They have
1: so many loaded for this year. Uh, I think they have become synonymous with indie cinema, or to some people it's not even indie cinema anymore, it's just cinema. I think a lot of the youth has gravitated towards this company as being the thing they really want to praise, whereas every other big, you know, from the big five companies, they're considered too corporate. A lot of people doubt what they have to say, yet A24 can make something and they flock to it. They have got the merch game down. They have got uh, social Mm -hmm. media down. I think Mm -hmm. they own every corner of it. They were one of the first ones to also be attached to Letterboxd, to be attached to IMDb, so they understand the game.
0: Not not only all that, but like they found some financial success, too. We talked about it all last year, but everything everywhere all at once was like a great box office hit. And not all of their films hit, but it feels like they they're finding more and more ways to break through to to get these things that are more than just film Twitter favorites, but actually get some box office uh, money in the end. You know, he agrees with you. Uh, yeah, and she, she's a big A24 fan the biggest I've met massive actually, but <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's hard to argue and I feel like these things change pretty quickly so I'm not gonna say like this is the decade of A24 but like it, it's definitely nah. at least like the three to five year run of A24
1: yeah. for now the Whale's A24 right and that's A24 director well, yeah. Aronofsky and mm-hmm. You Hurt My Feelings is director
0: Nicole Center. Nicole
1: so they're all massive of, directors yep. Exactly, then they're yeah. working with, like, independent filmmakers, which are the brothers that just came from from Australia, the Rocka Rocka Boys. The the, the lineup of, of filmmakers that they have working with them is unbeatable. Yeah. We go to film festivals and people who do not care about a South by Southwest, a Sundance, if they have the ability to, what are all of the inner cuties looking for? That A24 movie. Mm-hmm. They have helped... Uh, uh, the film festivals. There was a line from Air where it's like, "Who's really the one helping? Who is it? The festival boosting up A twenty four? Is it A twenty four boosting yeah. up the
0: festival?" And look, like you know, Netflix, Amazon, Apple, Universal, <laughs> Paramount—they're making sure. good movies, but but there isn't like a somewhat of a guarantee. And, and I don't want to say that every A twenty four movie is good. It's not. But I think there is like a greater chance of of a really good movie with that A24 logo in front of it than most studios right now. And look, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of great ones out there. It felt like for a minute, like neon was going to pass them when they had that parasite portrait double. It, it kind of feels like a 24 grabbed the boutique belt back.
1: Yes, it did. It did. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's the best way. Cause neon didn't give up. They just took a route that wasn't as successful as a 24. Mm-hmm. And now they got the zeitgeist.
0: All right. Let's talk about those Oscar winners. Uh, the, Michelle Yeoh, Brendan Fraser, Kihi Kwan, and Jamie Lee Curtis Quartet, who all picked up acting Oscars. My question to you is, who do you think is the most likely to win another Academy Award? Brendan Fraser? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it kind of feels like an easy answer. I I, I think Fraser was such a giant star at at one point and this is such a crowning achievement and people are so happy to see him back. It's also just about the roles that Hollywood offers people. Right. And exactly. uh, You know, this is not the like youngest crop of nominees. I feel like Brendan might be the the youngest among them though. That's crazy. Um, And like, yeah, particularly like Jamie Lee, it's, rare enough to even see her in consideration for an award and it's odd that she won this one but it for for jamie for kiki kwan and for michelle there is this sense that like we're awarding them partially as like a career achievement like i'd be really yeah yeah, i'd be really curious to see if this does maybe give michelle yo some more opportunities but like We've seen this with Halle Berry before. Like, just because you win the Best Actress Oscar doesn't mean that like the great roles are going to keep coming at you. And yeah, what, Michelle yeah. Yeo, what Michelle Yo, what Michelle Yo is like known for, what she can return to, are not the kinds of movies that tend to be in the Oscars discussion either.
1: I agree. For Key, he's become the poster boy for like an ad for Hollywood, and they have mm-hmm. just loved this idea of the come up. And I always find it crazy. Thank you for accepting me back people who didn't accept me back. So right. I, I see the biggest thing for him is going to be franchises. Uh, mm-hmm. They might sneak him back into an Indiana Jones. They keep talking about a Goonies 2, but to be able to get a role like this? You were talking about uh, with Michelle. She can be in another movie, but is it going to be as well written as what the Daniels made for her like that's exactly. the thing they will write stuff for Jamie Lee and for uh Brendan no problem he will have a dozen roles coming his way that can score him a nomination you had not mentioned who's gonna get a win I don't know about a win Brendan for sure because Brendan's yeah. the only one who I see can get nominated again because I see them giving scripts to Brendan that are, will make it all the way to the Oscars again of course yeah. I want to wish the opposite for the rest of them there but hey I look at everybody there and I'm just – as much as I I don't think they were all the best performers of their categories, it's really cool to see all of them get nominated and win for a comedy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, That's the thing. Is like I wasn't – I think the only one of these wins that actually made me like upset was Jamie Lee. It makes no sense. Again, going back yeah. to that, I, I can
1: respect a comedy win. That's crazy because right. we talked about that in our South By stuff as well. Comedies get so downplayed that they don't see them mm-hmm. as something that has that dramatic value. And they proved it differently. However, that was such a strong category. And I worry that they're taking the wrong bit of like, oh, look at her hot dog fingers when uh, uh, the actress, uh, I think you're really rooting for Condon, Carrie? Um
0: that or, like, if we're going to do Lifetime Achievement Award, Angela Bassett's sitting right there. That, too? That, too? But I don't know, man. I I I don't see
1: it there. I would have given it to Stephanie. I thought Stephanie had way more to work with. That's the whole point of the yeah, movie.
0: no, exactly. Um, like, if, if this is an sure. award for everything, everywhere, all at once, Stephanie is the better role. If this is a Lifetime Achievement Award... Angela Bassett's right there. And if we're just talking about who had the best acting right. in the category, it's Kerry Condon. I don't think that's much of an argument, but yeah. I think yeah, it's Kerry um, Condon. I'd also throw in uh, Hong Chao.
1: I like Hong Chao, but Hong yeah, Chao's going to have I like Hong a dozen a more times to get it for sure. Um, yeah, that's someone who's... Shout out Hong Chao. I'm not, I'm not going to take a detour there. Just shout out Hong Chao. Uh, I agree hey. with you. It, it It's gotten to the point where the Oscar or award pundits are just like, I don't know. I've thought about it and why not give it to Jamie Lee? That's the settlement there? Why right? not? Why not? Don't don't hurt my awards circuit that we have going on. Please don't question it. No, it's I don't see it other than it being a legacy award for her. Um, I would say go back and like cover everything that she said leading up to this win. She's never cared for the
0: Oscars. <laughs> yeah, it, that's the thing. It's like it, it's also funny to give the lifetime achievement to award to somebody who doesn't seem particularly invested in it. Like I don't someone think someone who said would have gotten that she
1: doesn't want it. Before her name in the trailers, she's like, don't call me Academy Award winner. Call me Jamie Lee Curtis. Right? Yeah, it's back to that thing. Who's getting more press there? Academy Award being mentioned in every trailer for a movie you're going to have for the rest of your life? Or your name, which should be the standout on the marquee?
0: Yeah, I feel like if the roles were reversed, we wouldn't have seen such a de- dejected reaction uh, from Jamie Lee, that, like the one we got from Angela Bassett, which still kind of breaks my heart to see. Um, it is. A lot of people but, were upset, saying that she can't act that way.
1: I'm going to give that one fair game, bro. It's fine. Yeah. I think <laughs> when fine. you're
0: Angela Bassett, you can kind of do whatever you want at the yeah. Oscars. It's
1: not like Sufjan. Sufjan's Maybe. is Sufjan's is funny, <laughs> and it's also disrespectful. But his is, like, really funny. Hers, I get. I understood
0: yeah. it. Um. All right. So speaking with of Angela Bassett, I was curious, which Oscar-losing actor who's never won – do you think will be the first to win? Let me give you your options, because they are Austin Mm -hmm. Butler, Colin Farrell, Bill Nighy, Paul Mescal, Andrea Riseborough, Michelle Williams, Anade Armas, Angela Bassett, Kerry Condon, Stephanie Hsu, Hong Chow, Brendan Gleeson, Brian Tyree Henry, Judd Hirsch, and Barry Keegan. A pretty excellent lineup of people who have yet to win an Oscar.
1: Okay. So the question is, which of those losers will win?
0: <laughs> which loser first? will be a winner first?
1: First? Ah, I don't know about first, but it surprises me that Michelle Williams hasn't won one. <laughs> Five-time nominee at this point. No, she's kind of a go. Uh, and then the other two, just because they're young, I, I I can't say first, but I expect them to have the longest careers. Barry Keon, Hong Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I, they're both some of my favorites in the category. It's just a matter of like, if they're going to get the, the right when? role, right? And it's when a matter of when. Yeah. For me, I feel like there's a good chance. Colin Farrell kind of feels like he's having a moment, kind of feels like people want him to get one right. of these. Yeah, He's been in the, like, in the game for a minute. Mm-hmm. And he's been giving excellent performances in really interesting movies. He's working with a lot of very interesting filmmakers, uh, I could see that happening sooner rather than later. I also would not discount oh, Legacy Bri- Award. <laughs> I would not discount Brian Tyree Henry, who
1: oh, has Brian a time habit- gets added to the Barry Hong. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He he just has a habit of showing up and being the absolute best actor best. in the project. <laughs> so as if he's in the right movie, that Oscar is coming, right? Like mm-hmm. they didn't nominate that. anything from Causeway except for him. You don't think Austin Butler's ever gonna be in a movie ever again? No, I'm just worried about him doing his Elvis voice in Dune Part 2. Hmm. I <laughs> better cut that out. Um,
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, it'll be really interesting to see uh, a lot of these nominees, especially in the future, uh, yeah. to see who's the first to score. I like the Paul Mescal little note there as well, because, yeah, yeah, a lot of I think of a lot of
0: people think uh, Paul Mescal is going really to be back at the Oscars sooner rather than later. Sure. I, I'm, I'm curious if he's going to get, like, the exact right role to do it. Uh, but he's a good actor, so I, I wouldn't. Yeah, be surprised I, he's a good actor least. who's going
1: to take those roles. Paul, the ones like Austin Butler worry me because you're not going to replicate your rollout of being gone right. for two years, changing your voice. And if that's what led you to getting the nomination, are you, when are you going to replicate that again? You know, a lot of these other actors got nominated for their talent, and that's why we're worried <laughs> that a lot of the Everything Everywhere All At Once people were writing off this. Oh, it's been 30, 40 years. Right now it's not. Now we're back down to zero. So what's the next campaign going to be? That's my worry.
0: Yeah. We will see. Uh, and Aust- also, Austin it's a Butler little silly for to. Five years for dude. T- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of skin he's really. Blue. He he's becoming the sandworm. Unreal. <laughs> uh, moving on. All Quiet on the Western Front won four Academy Awards, making it the biggest winner. Netflix in their history it picked up international really? film production design original score and cinematography Roma only won three Oscars so yeah this is now the uh, the big dog in Netflix awards history but I'm wondering if you think that th- this spell the the way that the industry has moved increasingly back towards movie theaters do you think that Netflix's best picture dreams are dead in the water at least for the moment because it doesn't feel like they had a juggernaut this year. They put a lot of money into White Noise, which you and I really liked, but I don't yeah. think anybody else did. No, and I think that was also very much a Netflix
1: movie. I wonder if the movies that you had just mentioned that they have had the most success with are international films. And I think right. maybe a lot of voters don't realize that those are also streaming movies because something like Roma, something like this, had a huge theatrical release overseas here as mm-hmm. well before it hits netflix a lot of people didn't even watch it on netflix they went to their academy theater screenings i think because it's a foreign film a lot of people don't associate it with the american market so when you have the irishman or you have what you just mentioned um the the what you just the the quiet. Train? yeah a, a lot of people feel that they're still streaming movies um yeah. but apple did win And I think that opens up the floodgate. So I don't think we have to wait that long. I still think within the next decade, we're going to see a lot of other streamers win. At least two to three more streamers will win. There's a chance it could
0: be. I agree with you there. Like, I don't think the door is closed on streaming movies winning. And uh, I just retweeted earlier this week an interesting uh, bit of news that apparently Apple is pushing a billion dollars towards their... Uh, upcoming movies and they're trying to give them all big theatrical releases, stuff like Napoleon, the upcoming Ridley Scott one, uh, maybe even Killers of the Flower. Uh, No, no, this is Apple. This is Apple. Oh yeah, um, that bro. Those are sick. <laughs> <laughs> Killers of the Sheesh. Flower Moon, Scorsese coming too. Yeah, Sheesh. so like, no, no I don't think streamers are are incapable of winning this Best Picture Oscar, but at least right now in Netflix's current iteration, it feels like they're a lot more focused on making the next Gray Man and making a, another season of Stranger Things or whatever the new Stranger so? Things is going to be, than they think are so. on on doing a Best Picture. You don't think so? They got they got Fincher's movie, right? Yeah, although it it it's I don't know if a David Fincher movie called The Killer is necessarily like the biggest Oscar play. Like they it could be. They have I, a good relationship I, with Fincher.
1: That they have good relationships with great filmmakers, and you would That's argue true. that just because they haven't won doesn't mean they have made they haven't made an Oscar caliber movie. Correct.
0: Previously, right? They like, have made we, films. There have been yeah, like the others in a different year. The Irishman probably would have won Best Picture. Yes, sir. So I don't think they're going to stop making those movies. It's just
1: a mm-hmm. matter of, have the Oscars grown up, given it to Apple, and now realize, okay, now let's go back to not dismissing movies that don't get played at AMC for the Best Picture run because they were on streaming. Right. I think that they're going to look at uh, directors who are getting the money and award them eventually. So I think it, it, it's we're simmering back down from theatrical to streaming, and we will get back to like who's making the best movie. And if it's Netflix, who has the best relationship with directors about warner bros is firing everybody i <laughs> right. think they're gonna go somewhere
0: yeah 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 uh it's def- i definitely wouldn't say netflix is like permanently permanently out or whatever i kind of feel mm-hmm. like maybe the next couple years they won't be as much of a force but you know one movie can change all that right and nobody was thinking that all quiet on the western front was even going to be uh, that big of an oscar player and then it ended up winning the and second most oscar y'all, y'all
1: thought it was gonna take everything
0: <laughs> there, there I are some it people out there. That was an world where
1: the Germans won, and no, it's <laughs> it four still a lot though.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but that's crazy. Still a lot, still a lot. All right, uh, let's go back to the ceremony for a little bit because Natu Natu picked up the yes Best sir. Original Song Oscar, and Kiravani saying a cover of the car- Carpenters' "Top of the World." It was one of the most fun acceptance speeches of the night. Art, what did you think of the speeches in general, and did you have any favorite moments from them?
1: favorite moments I will say one thing that I enjoyed was how they shot them they had these beautiful compositions they had this side Mm -hmm. camera so that you can get the person's side profile with their win for the movie in the back Uh, they had I forgot who won it it had this perfect, like, coming... I think it was for Key. The camera was right in front, and, like, it did a, a a dolly into him with the crane, and, like, he knew it, too. So it was, like, it was almost like the way they had the camera setups. It allowed the person giving the speech to almost self-direct themselves because they knew exactly where the lens was. And I don't know, dude. It was, it was blocked beautifully. Um, I don't know who the director of the ceremony was. I know that Jimmy Kimmel and his group uh, came together for it. I just thought the way that it was, all of the speeches were blocked looked fantastic. Uh, I'll, I'll skim through some of my favorites over here that I had pulled up. But the only other thing I'd comment is, man, with all the time we were saving, they were still cutting some people off for speeches and then giving <laughs> yeah. other people a little bit more time. And we're just never gonna get that fixed.
0: Well, let's shout out Glenn Weiss, who both produced and directed the telecast. I, I agree with you. I just think the the it's clean. the actual technical. Nature of it was was clean was beautiful like people a lot of people made fun of how close the uh, Gaga performance was, but it was still like a striking visual and I think they did a good job of like, for the most part creating striking memorable images that didn't feel like out of place in an Oscars telecast. Devesh in the live stream mentioning the Irish goodbye team singing happy birthday was kind of fun. It was fun. I, I wanted it to not go on super long, so I'm glad that it, they didn't do like the full, full thing. Um, I loved, as I mentioned, this moment where uh, uh, Kiravani uh sung the Carpenter's cover. I feel, uh, I don't know, it's an original song winner composing us an original song. That's great. Uh, I also really enjoyed the Best Editing winner from Everything Everywhere. I just thought he had, like, an extremely charming speech mentioning that it was only his second movie and stuff like that. Uh, I think he properly got at sort of the, like, what am I doing up here kind of vibe that I expect from more people at the Oscars. So, yeah, I mean, I thought the speeches, for the most part, were really solid. There weren't a lot that went on, like, too long. There was that one guy who's like, let me have my brief anecdote and then spoke for about three minutes. Uh, a long time, yeah. Year. But I, I agree with you. I mean, they, they just have a habit of jumping in right before that second person could get to the microphone. And they know yeah. what they're doing. They know what yeah. they're doing.
1: But, no, overall, I thought it was pretty good, uh, the way that they had everybody... Um, presented, I think when Guillermo said animation is not a genre, that was a beautiful statement to make. Uh, I know one of the shorts also had—I don't think it was a winner. They were attributing that it was the first uh, filmmaker with Down syndrome to win an award for one of the shorts. I know he got to speak. Hmm. Um, I don't know if they were producing yeah, on the, it, might have been good shout by. out that. Uh, and yeah, uh, I did like because they've been doing this the whole run, so I don't even know if it's new to say. But catching every person from everywhere all at once, either have the googly eye on a tie on a ring, on a net. Like, it was like an Easter egg on for the googly eyes. So uh, I've been enjoying that for the whole run.
0: Oh, and and neither of us said Kihi Kwan, which at this point it's like, yeah, another award ceremony with Kihi Kwan gave it a beautiful emotional speech. I don't but know, man. This but one I, was I, can't award him. I,
1: I think his Golden Globe speech was better. Like, come on, man, you got to pull over <laughs> <with> the <laughs> He poor guy, you know, he's like given his all to and like the indie spirit. ones was like, dang, should I have saved some for the Oscars? But the time I he know. got to the Oscars, he's not a great one. I mean, it, it's let me, let me pull it over right here. Mom, I just won an Oscar. Is all you have to say, really? You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But. Yeah, I would highly recommend go listen to all the other ones he's had because there's some... I think the other ones are just more emotional, more dramatic. This man felt like he had reached the finish line. Like, he just ran. Yeah, he's enjoying it, but he's also tired. It's the end of the road.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah,
1: he, Mom, I Just Won an Oscar is, is iconic.
0: Yeah, he, I don't think anybody has had more people to thank than Kihi Kwan over the past, like, five months.
1: And saying that his Goonies <laughs> co-star is now his manager, that's raw.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's pretty cool. yeah. All right. So my last question about the 2023 Oscars, the TV ratings, they were up 12% from their all time low last year. And as we talked about at the start, some of that might have been slap driven buzz. But this year also did feature lots of movies that people actually saw and liked. They nominated Top Gun, Maverick. As well as Avatar: the Way of Water for Best Picture, and they awarded Best Picture to every letterbox lurker's favorite film of last year. So art, let me ask you, do you think the 2023 show actually boosted interest in the Oscars going forward?
1: No, I think the uh, viral incident from last year did. And I think you think, that's you think that's it's what they all slap
0: focus. You think it's all slap generated?
1: You think people go to these awards. To see if someone's going to win? Or do you think people revisit these shows like they do a movie, depending on what they can meme out of it? That's the market we're in. Whether people want to agree with that or not, that's what makes it. No one's going there to see a winner. People are going there to see about a that. ceremony. I don't
0: know about that. Are you, a lot you talking of people about really? film fans or are you talking about real people? I, well, I think there's an argument to make that more film fans watched the show this year. I don't think film fans break the records. I think you need
1: outside people who don't care about that. Your family watching, my family watching, and none of them care for the lineup of the movies. They care about what's the ceremony going to host. That's why last year had so many
0: people tuning in after the fact, because something I, actually happened. And sure, but I think there's also a lot of people who recognize that we were on the precipice of a, of a historic night, and there's a lot of people who normally don't care to see the same few Hollywood uh, people get these kinds of awards that maybe were like, "Oh, I do want to see Michelle Yeoh give a speech. I do want to see Guan give a speech." There's probably a lot of people who never loved a movie as much as they loved Everything Everywhere All at Once, who saw that it was starting to pick up awards buzz and actually tuned into the Oscars. I think there's an argument to make that like the people who like Everything a-
1: Everywhere All at Once are the film fans. That's the whole joke are of they? Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes, are they? Mentioned it in the show. Anyone who tries to show everything everywhere all at once to their parents or I someone else, I don't outside think the Oscars like
0: it. I, I don't just don't think the Oscars, especially given how much the ratings have fallen over the past few years, mm-hmm. I don't think they're getting every film fan. I think a lot of, like you're saying, a lot of film fans are just waiting for the clips on Twitter and to, to meme on it and stuff like that. And I, I think there's a chance that more people were actually invested in the ceremony this year because of the movies they chose to award and nominate.
1: Sure. I just, I think that the award shows, it's really no different than an Indie Spirits for some people. Golden Globes, Mm -hmm. all of that. It's not Super Bowl levels, you can agree with that, right? There's a reason why The Last of Us moved for the Super Bowl, but it will never move for the Oscars.
0: But it's not, it's not as, the ratings aren't as foolproof as they are for the Super Bowl. They've been dropping a lot more than they have for the Super Bowl. So right. there's a, a segment of people out there that used to watch the show that are no longer watching the show. And and I would I would argue that those people are more likely to tune in if the Oscars are awarding movies that they've seen or are invested in. And that's for not gonna be, a, like, it's not gonna be enough to bring the Oscars back to where they were when they were consistently the second most watched TV show. But it might be enough to make that to keep them on on network TV and not get them booted to YouTube or Disney Plus in the next three years.
1: I also disagree with that. I will one up the thing that you had said about people tuning in for mm-hmm. everything everywhere all at once. I think they were tuning in for Top Gun. I think that's why yeah. that's the gag that opened the show. I think yeah. that you had told no, me I that agree, the New I York agree. Times <laughs> got hit just because they didn't include it in their top list. Right. That's the movie that people came in wanting to root for. Right. Because if we're saying mm-hmm. that this is supposed to be like a competition of sorts, what are people coming in to root for? And I think outside audiences, the mainstream audience came in to root for Top Gun. Did that make it? I agree. No. Right. Yeah. What do they keep? They don't worry about a stunt category. They don't worry about a motion captures category. The best popular category. Uh, maybe let's do a segment where we award the flash. Clearly, they know what's attract, what's missing from attracting that wider audience. Mm-hmm. A lot of people still haven't seen the lineup. Let's be honest. Most Mm -hmm. people have not seen all of the Academy. They have not seen uh, Women Talking. They have not seen All Quiet on the Western Front. Those are still very much Oscar movies. Uh, But something like Top Gun, something like Avatar getting nominated. But never winning, do you see that being a a bigger push? Because I felt that when Lord of the Rings finally took it, all those years following was the best the Oscars has ever been.
0: No, and I agree. I think think everything, everywhere, all at once, I, I do want to attribute a slight boost to that. But it's nothing in comparison to what the boost would have been if they gave it gave it or gave some more awards to Top Gun Maverick, if they ended up giving Best Actor to Tom Cruise and he was there, right? Like, that's a much bigger deal for the future of the Oscars than Everything Everywhere all at, at once succeeding. Uh, so with, whatever that movie is that might break that, since they are seemingly allowing some more blockbusters in, that will be a big one. Like, hopefully, you know, that's like Dune or maybe a hundred million people see Oppenheimer next year and it's great. I don't know what that movie's going to be. I think I, I agree with you that that's like what it's going to take to really rebound the Oscars. But I, 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 I to want to it. at least attribute something to this year because I think they got a lot of the nominees right this year. Well, we'll see next year. If, if this we will, year got guess, the boost yeah. from
1: last year, then we'll see what the boost is for next year, depending yeah. on uh, how they thought about the show. And also, what oh, But they, they should move to YouTube next year. They need to move to YouTube. I'm sorry. If yeah. people want to I... attract people with their picks, you need to attract them by where they're at. Because we also couldn't even log in because it's still done through cable, right? Yeah. We, were, we were like, what, are we going to get YouTube TV for seven days to see if we can boot it up? They do make it way more difficult mm-hmm. when the Golden Globes are streaming online.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that would make the show better, it's just, a you know, there's there's money involved okay. and, and sure. they, they don't want to... I mean, let's give it
1: to everything yeah. all at once but not, you're not change gonna, it in other ways. They yeah,
0: should. You're not getting a $7 million ad buy on YouTube, that's for sure.
1: <sighs> I
0: disagree. <laughs> we'll see. There's, I mean, it was an exciting Oscars. I enjoyed watching it. I, I'm glad it that a, I actually it was, enjoyed I it this you. year. I didn't enjoy it the year before. I enjoyed it the year before. I was just perplexed. That's it. Uh, Any final thoughts on uh,
1: the ceremony? Yeah, anyone that you think should have won?
0: I mean, we talked about this a lot, but I I just personally don't like when the movies tend to, or when the awards tend to get focused on one or two movies. And I don't think All Quiet on the Western Front deserved at least half of those Oscars. I'd love for Babylon or or something to get production design. Um, And I don't think everything. Everywhere All at Once deserved a lot of those Oscars, either uh, I wanted Tar to get some love. It's still crazy to me that Kate Blanchett is not a winner for that performance, but whatever. Um, and also Banshees, Makes like, I love that script. That's the best script of the last year. And yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. It does make it more iconic. But I, you know, it's just a little bit crazy in a year where the Fablemans got nominated for several awards, uh, Tar got nominated for several awards, the Banshees of got nominated Fable. for several <laughs> awards. All of them are going home empty-handed after Oscars night.
1: Empty-handed, bro.
0: Yeah, yeah. Empty. Not even one. Yeah.
1: Babylon should How about you?
0: Score. Yeah. That's it? That doesn't I agree. I, I one just, one that, that's puzzling to me. They lost to three notes going over and over.
1: <laughs> I, I Look, I'm not a hater of the all quiet one either. It's not that bad. I get it. Everyone's got a new joke for that score, but it just it, it shouldn't have won over Babylon.
0: Yeah. Hans Zimmer Light. Um, anyway that's all for our podcast on the 2023 Oscars we'll be back on this channel in just a moment talking about The Last of Us Season 1 and talking mm. about Succession Season 4 <laughs> lots of good stuff as well as our patron hang so if you are a patron or want to become one for as little as $1 a month on patreon.com uh, you can come chat with us later tonight uh, but you can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, at Z Shevich. That's Z S H E V as in Viola Davis, I C H. And check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show. And a shout out to Wiley, who uh, did, gave us that super chat earlier in the show. We ran into him at South by Southwest, which is fun. We ran into a few intercuties during the festival. So uh, always good to chat with y'all. And thanks for the continued support. Artwork and people find more from you.
1: You can find me at the next film
0: festival and blogging it over on letterbox
1: over on twitter or every week here on the intercut podcast
0: you can listen to every episode of the intercut podcast on itunes anchor spotify whatever your favorite podcatcher is i like overcast and then make sure you subscribe not just to the audio podcast but to the video feed as well on our youtube channel youtube.com slash intercut pod where you can find new episodes of the intercut weekend must watch streaming on our youtube channel every monday And please leave us a comment like the videos consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much requested five star review does a lot to support the podcast and push it out to more people thanks to our listeners in Kenya and Nigeria for putting us on the TV and film podcast charts out there like our Facebook our Instagram our Twitter pages support our Patreon you can find all of them at intercut pod to get updates throughout the week from art from me from all the guests that we feature here on intercut thanks again for tuning in and until next time more acceptance speeches should be cover songs